Now, I know that members of this committee will have questions on many things, such as why we turned over Bagram Airfield and how real is our over-the-horizon capability and why didn't we start evacuation sooner and why didn't we stay longer to get more people out. So let me take each in turn. Retaining Bagram would have required putting as many as 5,000 U.S. troops in harm's way just to operate and defend it. And it would have contributed, contributed little to the mission that we've been assigned, and that was to protect and defend the embassy, which was some 30 miles away. That distance from Kabul also rendered Bagram of little value in the evacuation. The idea that Bagram would be of little value in an evacuation is something of great debate. But this was Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin speaking in front of the Senate Armed Services Committee yesterday. And in that hearing, we learned that recommendations were made to keep troops in Afghanistan. It seems that those recommendations fell on the deaf ears of President Biden. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning, good to be with you. Congressman Jim Banks joins us right now of the Indiana 3rd uh, District. He also serves on the House Committee on Armed Services, and he will be taking part in the questioning of Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, of General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and of General Frank McKenzie of Central Command, CENTCOM, as it's called, who all testified yesterday. Before we get into what you'll be getting into today, Congressman Banks, your thoughts on what you heard yesterday from these three. Well, first of all, Tony, the, the, the first takeaway from yesterday is that Joe Biden lied to the American people. He told us that his advisors, the top military generals, never advised him to keep a light footprint of special operations forces or troops in Afghanistan to prevent what would happen. And we found out yesterday that was an a- absolute lie on behalf of the commander in chief, the president of the United States of America. Either he doesn't remember that the generals advised him to do that, or he completely uh, told a bold-faced lie to the American people. On top of that, we, we heard a lot uh, from, these, uh, from these generals and the secretary about a lot of other things. But um, what, what's foremost for me, and I know we'll, we'll be getting into this, is, is uh, General Milley's politicization of the military to the degree that we have never seen before in American history. A, a, the top-ranking general of the United States of America spilling his guts to political writers, to authors, uh, providing them with with political sound bites uh, to push their anti-Republican, anti-Donald Trump narrative is destructive to our military. And we, we did what we didn't hear yesterday was a proper explanation from from General Milley, rather, on on why why he did that, why he why he engaged in those types of activities, even though you had Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Cotton, and others try to push him on it. Now, one of the things that General Milley did discuss, General Mark Milley, was this idea of the phone call with China. He did indeed allow the interview with Bob Woodward and Robert Costa for that book. He also, it turns out, allowed an interview with a Wall Street Journal uh, writer for a book that's, that's being written. But when it came to this call with China, and did he warn China, hey, if we're, if we're going to attack you, I'll give you warning, he seems to make the case, and this case was made also uh, days ago, that it was the Secretary of Defense, the then Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, who told him to, hey, make sure our counterparts, everyone's cool, everyone's relaxed, no one's doing anything, whatever this chatter is, it's nonsense. Based on that part of it, the idea that Secretary Esper told General Milley to make this call, was something? Was there something improper in your view with this call he made to his Chinese counterparts where, according to the book, it is alleged he said, hey, if we were going to attack, I would give you warning? 
it, it's it's completely wrong, and it's against precedent. Here's why, Tony. The, the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff reports to the commander-in-chief, uh, not the secretary of, of defense, and that he would make that phone call circumventing and undermining the president, whether the secretary of defense, Mark Esper, knew about it or not, is a is a complete uh, a complete breakdown of the chain of command, the the civilian oversight control of our military that that uh, General Milley is well aware of. Now, now, if you, I've I've actually read the book, and in the book, Secretary Esper and General Milley conspire over and over to undermine President Trump. At the time, they both they both disliked him. In fact, on on inauguration day on January 20th, General Milley said he was relieved that Donald Trump was no longer the president of the United States of America. So the, the book lays out a pattern of behavior by these guys of undermining the commander in chief. I don't care who the commander in chief is. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. I don't care if you like him or not. If it's Barack Obama, Joe Biden, the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff reports to the commander in chief and by undermining him, by undermining the commander in chief and calling our are calling our greatest adversary. By the way, Mark Milley also has a long history of dismissing China as a threat to the United States of America. I don't know how he can fulfill his role as a top ranking military official in this in this country if at the same time he minimizes the threat that China poses to the United States. And in that phone call when he calls his counterpart in China and says, if there is an attack, I'm going to give you a heads up. Um, I, I don't know how that serves our national security interests well at all. And th- that's a line of questioning that I hope occurs uh, in the long House Armed Services Committee hearing that I'll be taking part in. Sir, I'm not arguing well. the part that it would be wrong if he made that statement to China. I just want to make sure I understand the chain of command, as you do, a man who has served in Afghanistan, talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, chairman of the Republican Study Committee, and a member of the House Committee on Armed Services. You're saying that the defense secretary can't give that order to the to to Mark Milley. It would have to come to the president. And if Esper does, he should the Mark Milley should have checked with the president before making the call. I'm I'm yes that's that's what I'm, I've I've read the I've read the book and in the book I mean it lays out a case that Esper and Milley were both conspiring against the commander in chief. At that point, Secretary Esper, even if he checked the box and told the Secretary of Defense, I'm calling my Chinese counterpart or Esper told him to do it or vice versa. They were they were both they were both engaging in activities that undermined the commander in chief and the civilian control of our military, which is a dangerous, not just a dangerous president, but a dangerous moment with our heightened tensions with China. Uh, it dismisses China as our greatest adversary, calling calling uh, calling the Chinese and giving them our playbook might be the stupidest thing I've heard out, out of a lot of things and how they from the, how they handled Afghanistan to other matters. It might be the stupidest thing I've seen these guys do. Uh, and I'm not making uh, the argument about Esper and Millie and their intent. Just I want to make sure I understood that chain of command part. But you will be there today asking questions of the Secretary of Defense, asking questions of the uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and asking questions of, of General McKenzie, who runs CENTCOM. What can we be expecting from the House Armed Services Committee in terms of the questions you or, or others will be asking? Well, we heard a lot yesterday. I, I have no doubt today we're going to hear a lot more about the botched uh, pullout of Afghanistan. Tony, what I want to ask General Milley about is, is what, I've, what I've already said a little bit, is that how, how can you assure the American people that you are a apolitical, nonpartisan figure when you've engaged in, in numerous political activities like participating in a very political book 
with Bob Woodward. I, I don't know how he can continue to serve in a role that requires an individual to be uh, entirely apolitical when you've engaged in, in a political activity. We've, we've, we've never had a general as political as Mark Milley, maybe since Douglas MacArthur, but at least MacArthur knew how to win a war. Uh, these guys don't. They've, they've spent more time managing their images with D.C. Uh, uh, political journalists and authors than they spent uh, uh, navigating the uh, a successful pullout and withdrawal of the war in Afghanistan. That's what bothers me greatly. You heard me play uh, when we started the audio from the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, about uh, Bagram Air Base, the needing of 5,000 troops to secure it, and it wasn't essential to the the, the mission. Uh, they make the claim that their mission was to protect the embassy, and that's what they were asked to do, and that's the, what they did, really throwing it back on the Biden administration for not engaging proper coordination between defense and state. Was there no reason to keep Bagram Air Force Base? Well, in, in hindsight, I don't know how they can argue otherwise. I mean, to 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 uh, get Americans out of the country, to get the the right Afghans out of the country. By the way, they 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 flew one hundred ten thousand Afghans out of the country, and only a fraction of them were special immigrant visa holders or eligible for a special immigrant visa holder uh, visa. So, and they didn't vet any of them. So it was just whoever could show up at the airport and get on a plane. That, that mission could have been handled much better out of Bagram. I have no doubt. I mean, that, and that's worthy of a lot more debate, but to the, you're making an excellent point, Tony, obviously the president or his closest advisors, I'm talking about the national security advisor, maybe the secretary of state who the president is very close to uh, personally. Uh, these guys obviously told them to get out of Bagram, protect the uh, the embassy. Uh, but uh, what you didn't hear that these generals do yesterday, they didn't defend it. They just said this is what we had to do. So that that's worthy of a lot more questioning today as well. Who gave that order? Did, did the president of the United States give you the order to get out, to leave Bagram, to only focus on the embassy, creating the, dis- the disastrous situation that cost the lives of of a dozen of our service members at the Kabul airport. That's a, that's a worthy line of questioning I hope we get into today. We will be watching Congressman Jim Banks from the Indiana, third member of the House Armed Services Committee, asking questions today of the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. I appreciate you taking the time, sir.